Hi guys, welcome or welcome back to burn this podcast. Um, if anyone wants to make me a little jingle for the beginning, I don't know how, but I'm sure I will at some point. Um, you know, sort of move away from the terrible quality pirate radio esque vibe, but you know we're stuck with it right now. Um, yeah, I just want to start by saying. Once again, you guys are insane. Like, the just the response I got from the last podcast was something I've probably never experienced. Um, and it, it just shows, it's just a testament to, like, if you actually speak about things just genuinely without worrying about, you know, the taboos that society puts on normal experiences of life if you can just talk about what you've been through or what you struggle with with other people you won't feel as alone and it'll be easier to deal with um and like people reaching out and telling me how my words resonated with them it's just insane um and it makes it worth it honestly makes it worthwhile me going through rough patches because you know if if me talking about them can help other people through their rough patches that that's how that's is that meaning that well it gives my life meaning anyway I don't know if other people would agree with that but yeah it's just really nice um but anyway I think this week we're probably, okay, I've just finished an essay on the sexual revolution and I've been consuming a lot of media accidentally, really, um, but it's all about kind of sexual repression, um, power dynamics, you know, the patriarchy, just stuff like that and that's what's on my mind, so I think that's what I'm going to discuss, even for a little bit of today. Um, Yeah, I read an article about the sexual education in schools. It, It was more based on, like, the 20th century, but it made me think about the sex ed that we got in school, and it's, it's really insane, if you think about it. Um... I watched Promising Young Woman a couple of weeks ago, which, if you haven't seen it, you got it. It's really hard to find it. It's on Now TV, which I think has a free trial at the moment, if you want to watch it. But, um, yeah, it's hard to find, but it is so worth it. Oh, my God. That, that, especially if you're a woman, and I don't, I know that's kind of, like, sounds reductive, but, um... It just, it's the, it's the sexual education that we should get. It's, we deserve. Um, and it's just so powerful because it, it, well, for me, it deals with the concept of, okay, well, what was she wearing? you know, was she was drunk, you know, her friends left her, she went out on her own, what can she expect, she lost her phone, 
um, you know, all of these excuses that people make to justify sexual assault and rape. Um, and it just shows them in black and white and it literally shows the reality of that, which is, even if all those things are true, like, it is never okay to accept that you could be sexually assaulted. Like, And we all know that figure, 97% of women, I, I don't know if that was in the UK or... I must look into that, actually. I have a feeling that it was the UK. But um, 97% of women have been in some way sexually assaulted in their life. So you have a 3 in 100 chance of not being sexually assaulted. Um, and that sounds pretty accurate to me. Um, you know, just based on my experience and, and other people's experiences that I know of. Um, it is the norm and our society does accept it as as normal. Which is what I can't get my head around. It's so weird. Like, morally, to me, it is as wrong as murder or torture or, you know, and why, I mean, 90, you don't have a 97% chance of being tortured in your life. You don't have a 90% chance of being murdered in your life. Um, and I mean, I guess it is because of the the lack of, um, what would you say, consequences, legal consequences anyway, but yeah, I guess consequences in general because women aren't believed and they're met with, you know, people don't want to, sorry, I'm saying women, people, um, they don't want to come out with sexual assault allegations because of what they're met with, like, you know, were you drunk, what were you wearing, why did your friends leave you, you wanted it, like, you're just trying to shame this guy, you just regret it, all this, um, it's, and I mean, look at the, we all remember the Belfast rugby rape trial, um, oh, that was the worst, I remember that so well. It was just so horrific. And I think what was most horrific was it just reaffirmed for me and like most people that nothing has changed. <laughs> like there's been me too and I won't say nothing has changed, but you know, it, it's still basically the same that if you come out, you have a high chance of being met with that attitude of victim blaming and just not taking it seriously and kind of you know that I mean what was that guy Brett I can't I can't remember his name sorry Brock Turner um you know that case in America where that guy Brock Turner was accused of rape um and the judge called him a promising young man who had like make, made a mistake or something i don't i don't know the exact like transcript but that's where the title promising young woman comes from from that movie um 
And I guess that sort of parallels, you know, police brutality um, towards racial minorities versus the way that they treat white people, white men usually, um, like with a school shooter or anything, if, if they're white, it usually comes out like, oh, you know, they were just troubled, but, you know, they were, they were a good person and they just had a lot of demons. And then if they're black or any race other than white, um, there's none of that. Um, and that comes from privilege, obviously. It's a man's world, but it is changing. And I think just as long as we're aware of it, and as long as movies like Promising Young Woman and Bombshell, do you remember that about the Me Too movement? As long as, as long as women aren't being silenced, it will get better. It will take time, but I mean, everything does. And like, <laughs> it's gonna be a long time before the sun destroys the earth, so. It doesn't matter if it takes time as long as we're moving in the right direction. Um, but yeah, I really, and I don't know if I will follow through on this or not, but I really, just lately it's been really on my mind that I would love to do something that would change the sex edge that people are being taught in schools because for us, it was very biologically aimed. Um, I mean, especially in primary school, you know, does a 12 year old really need to be able to label where fallopian tubes and the cervix and the uterus and all this are? I don't think so. I don't think that's as important as teaching like the rules of consent and what you can put up with and what you shouldn't put up with, what isn't appropriate. And people say, I know there's like a UN article saying that it's the parents' right to refuse sex ed for on their kids' behalf. Or people say that, you know, you're too young at 11 or 12 to be hearing things like that, as in, you know, what rape is and what sexual assault is and blah 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 I agree you are too young but it isn't the teacher who's teaching you or the parents decision to expose it to you it's society's and you are exposed at that age like it's just the fact of life I remember being in primary school coming in one day and one of my friends asked me do I know what 69 is which is a sex position, like, I was finding out whether I wanted to or not about all of this stuff without sex ed, but I was finding out about bits of it. I wasn't being taught the fundamentals of what consent is, the idea that sex isn't just a thing that's done to you, which is from Emily Pine's book on Notes to Self. She mentions that and that was just revolutionary to read. Um, and it's like, I, I'm only 20. I have my whole life ahead of me, but I could still have used that knowledge 10 years ago. Um, you know, sexual abuse towards kids happens. 
And would you rather your child experience that and not know what's going on? Or would you rather that they're aware of that and they're aware that it's bad and that they're taught that that's not okay? I know which I'd prefer. Um, and I, I don't personally think that it's up to the parents to decide. I, I think that's disgraceful that some schools need like a permission slip to teach kids about like their period and the mechanics of sex. Um, because if that child isn't getting taught by the state, they probably aren't getting taught by their parents either if the parents aren't signing the consent form. Um, and they're just walking blindly into a society that's gonna objectify them, sexualize them and abuse them. I mean, 97%, if they're a girl, will get abused. So, it's just kind of messed up, I think. Um, and I think that's a really important issue. And I, I just don't understand why it's not being talked about enough. Or I'm not hearing it being taught about. Like, I'm only researching all of this stuff because I just finished an essay on the sexual revolution. Um, which... We have a long way to go yet, like a long way to go. It it didn't end in the 60s. The AIDS crisis didn't put an end to it. Um, like, it's, and I, I do think that the reason that all of these cases of sexual misconduct are coming out now is because of the internet primarily. Um, and I think they've always been around and I th don't think it's ever been dealt with, I mean, Maybe in pre-Christian societies, but I don't know much about sexuality there, so can't talk on that yet. But I don't know, food for thought. It, it's just scary to think about bringing kids into this world when we're so uneducated. We're miseducated, I think. We're being educated on the wrong things and it's wasting our time. Like, and, and that's the thing, you have to, you're probably an adult if you're listening to this and the harsh reality is you have to educate yourself. Um, and ways of doing that, I can recommend once again, Promising Young Woman. It's, it's a great movie. First time, well, I only watched it once, but when I watched it, I said, this needs to be shown in schools needs to be shown to kids um, because it shows you that it doesn't matter your actions there is nothing that can justify you being assaulted I don't think that's too revolutionary um, Something About Me is one of the essays in Notes to Self by Emily Pine that really complemented the movie and made me think also and I mean there's countless articles online that I've read um, just look them up if you want um, just educate yourself be kind to yourself and give yourself that gift because I do think that the system failed us in that regard not only in that regard but especially in that regard um, 
let's play Not Fair by Lily Allen because that was the source of my viral TikTok this week and it also it conveys the kind of information that kids are being taught you know even if they don't understand it they will soon um I heard this when I was eight and I'd say I I probably understood it in in some way or misunderstood it um a couple years after that because that's the kind of that's how quickly kids are exposed to this crazy underbelly of society um okay enjoy me all the time he calls me 15 times a day he likes to make sure that i'm fine you know i've never met a man who's made me feel quite so secure he's not like all them other boys they're all so dumb and immature there's just one thing that's getting in the way when we go up to bed you're just no good it's such a shame i look into your eyes i want to get to know you and then you make this noise and it's apparent it's all over
Okay, that brings me on to something that is less important to talk about, but it it's still I need to I need to put it out there so I don't feel crazy. Um I can only speak on my on behalf of myself and the childhood that I experienced, but when we were literally like 9-year-olds, every birthday party would be dress up themed but not like princesses it would be celebrities we had amy winehouse we had lily allen we like michael jackson some honorable mentions there but and i have cousins that age and older now and i just know for a fact that they wouldn't do that and it would be so odd if they did i i don't know if maybe we've regressed not in a bad way but like was like the 2000s was that peak like sexualizing children I don't know that's not even sexualizing it was just I don't know celebrity culture was so aimed at at kids I guess um and I mean we know that the 60s the counterculture um sex cells all that stuff that started in the 60s was because of um more middle class families and teenagers started getting like part-time jobs and then they had money because i mean you're never gonna have as much money as much as free money like actual expendable money as when you're a teenager when you get that first job because you're not paying rent you're not buying food you know, you can literally buy whatever you want. So th- it makes sense that advertisers target that age group because if you're targeting like 40 year olds with mortgages, they they probably aren't gonna wanna buy your shitty MAC lipstick, um, for example. But yeah, I just thought it was so odd when I when I thought about that. And I don't know if that's a universal experience, but our friend group, or year group in primary school was insane <laughs> but it was so funny I, I think it's amazing and I wish I had more pictures from then um which I guess is down to the invention of the smartphone if it was a few years later we would have had them but um also I think it was probably because we were pushed to be more creative um like, I watched The Simpsons from when I was two because we didn't have Orti Jr. We didn't have, well, we didn't have Sky, so Disney Channel or Nickelodeon. So it was the one cartoon on when my mom was trying to cook the dinner. Um, which is, <laughs> wasn't that appropriate. Um, taught me a lot. It taught me what gay meant when I was really young. Um, so I guess that was a positive. But yeah we sort of had to make up our own not make up our own fun but occupy ourselves in other ways that kids don't have to do now kids have youtube tiktok netflix all of the channels like orty jr again um and i i i suppose that that's why we were so aware of celebrity culture because you know we were probably watching the tv 
whenever it was on and whatever was on it. Um, and then we, we got to see, I don't know, the older, like Big Brother, I'm a Celebrity, stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I wonder was it just a very weird time that I was alive in? Hmm. Or maybe it was just a, a weird <laughs> phenomenon of Roscommon Convent Primary. Not sure. But I, I think it's very funny. Um, I will be making my kids dress up as celebrities. 100%. Um, and I've been wanting kids much more recently. Maybe like the last six months or year. I'm I'm thinking about it a lot and obviously no time soon not manifesting that god please please no but yeah I I want to live I want to I want the freedom to travel and be selfish and do what I want before I have kids I want the freedom to learn so I can teach them properly so I can raise them well and I'm not ready for that right now. I can barely raise myself. Um, maybe in like 10, 15 years. I'd be fine with that. Then I'd want to have kids. Mm, that's a short time. I don't know. I don't know. But I would like to have kids at some point. Um, I just, I love the idea. I love the idea of, I think it gives your life a whole different meaning. Um to have created another person that always trips me out as well even the concept that like human like the complex the complexity of a human of that brain of what their body like how the, it destroys and creates cells and the blood everything now I'm not a big science person but everything that a human does and the thoughts and the creation and the destruction that can come from one human. All you need is two little ingredients. A sperm and an egg. I. The power that we hold in being able to create new life is insane. And I would like I would like to participate in that, I guess. Um see what it, see what all the hype's about. Um, but it's it's scary, especially when you have a history of mental health difficulties. You know, obviously you don't want to pass that on to a new person, and especially when you've felt the pain of not really, not really vibing with life, not really wanting to participate in it. Um, it's it's terrifying to think that you could subject a new life to that um but I don't know I know it's very cliched but I think I think we can't overlook the importance of kids I I was much smarter as a child I think um and this kind of like links into my spiritual beliefs as well but I think kids are just I think their innocence and how pure they are comes from you know, wherever they come from, I don't know. 
whatever reality, if you want to call it heaven, if you want to call it a different plane of existence, I don't know. But I think they're closer to the forces that govern the universe than we are as adults. Um, and we can learn a lot from kids, I think. Now, don't get me wrong, some of them are so fucking stupid. <laughs> and that's why I that's why I applaud my friends that are doing primary school teaching because I couldn't do it. I would literally I would I would have a class of junior infants like 10th year in a row again like you're five and you can't read or you can't write or you like I just showed you how to write the letter A and you can't do it that's something I, I couldn't comprehend I wouldn't have the patience but you know they can they can teach us a lot in other ways I think if you listen to them and don't discount them as being just an idiot um, and they're also so malleable I'm sort of speaking more on my own experience now but you can't overestimate how dangerous it is to kind to discount a child or make it known to them that you're discounting them or you're not listening to them or you're ignoring them or you think they're stupid it's very dangerous um, and I think when we understand that, we can be a bit more compassionate to our inner child, our past self that was victim of that. Um, yeah, kids are just the best. They're so funny. And when a little baby holds your finger with his hand or her hand, you can't beat it, really. But the thought of childbirth terrifies me. God, this is really chaotic. I'm... <laughs> I've just been working all week. I've had such a busy week that my thoughts haven't collected properly and they're just all coming out now, but whatever. Yeah, kids. Um, does everyone else have a list of baby names on their phone? Because I do. And, oh my God, this this is the kicker. So I've always wanted to call, if I have a boy, I want to call them Charlie my granddad's name um I mean he died before I was born but I've always just felt a weird connection to him um I and I love the name it's so warm and I don't know I just it just feels right but you know my Diana obsession has not quelled and I oh, how cute would that be if I had a daughter and called her Diana but I'm not calling my kids Charlie and Diana. Charles and Diana? No. No. <laughs> so, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, and then I was thinking I would also like Abby as a boy, or for a, as a boy's name, because Abby Hoffman, I like that. Um, and I like him. So I guess I could do Abby and then Charles or Charlie as the middle name, but I don't know. And then maybe I won't have a boy at all. I guess if I have a girl first, I might call her Diana. Um, God, I really hope I like don't have fertility issues. <sighs> I think that's so scary. 
like that you don't know about it until you're actively trying to get pregnant usually um I can just devastate you especially if like the way I'm talking now I'm just kind of taking it as guaranteed that I'd be able to have kids um and I'm in no way saying that if you aren't able or you don't want to your life isn't going to be meaningful I think that's one way it can be meaningful there are countless other ways it can be meaningful um it's just scary and it's such it's such a part of being a woman and like the female identity I think because I mean obviously it is it's like a quarter of your life during your childbearing years is spent bleeding like you can't ignore that um you can't ignore Men- menstruation, menopause. Again, society won't let you. You'll be sexually abused or over-sexualized. It's it's hard. It's hard being a girl, but it's fun also. Um, I I really hope I get to see a society that's a bit more accepting and and less dangerous to live in dangerous for your mind I think more than anything for your self-worth it's very hard to have good self-esteem in today's society um yeah it's it's a tough one uh how about we listen to gold dust woman by Fleetwood Mac because it's just kind of a badass I'm a woman song. Um, okay, enjoy.
also I've been I've been seeing a lot online specifically on Twitter um about how people don't like the government I mean it's nothing new obviously most countries people don't like the government um they don't agree with their issues because it's a very hard job to be a politician and I think there is a certain type of person that goes into politics goes into being a politician and I think they are the worst type of person I like from what I know and there are exceptions like I would I would consider Bernie Sanders as an exception um AOC as well but in general people that go into politics do so for power like if you actually look at politicians they're if you look back into their history a lot of them change who they actually support I mean didn't Trump like fund the Democrats at some point or there was something like I can't remember it was years ago that I read it but for most politicians it seems to me anyway the goal is not the betterment of society the goal is personal gain personal power um personal control and you know that obviously isn't who is going to care about what is actually good for society they aren't going to make changes like that and then economics do come into it some politicians go into power for the specific reason of like changing laws so that their businesses can make more money or they can make more money as landlords or whatever um and I genuinely think that like a lot of the time politicians aren't the good guys even if their belief system kind of lines up with mine. I think the most important people and the people that I have learned my kind of social beliefs from and political views are the people that are staying so far away from politics. Like, not so far away. Obviously, they're commenting on it, but they're just not they would never become a politician because they can recognise how systematically corrupt the whole thing is. Like, George Orwell, that man, has that writer, has taught me so much and he was so important to my, like, political awakening, I guess, in school. Um, actually, let me check. I have his book here and there was one, there is a, The Spike, it's in his collection of short essays, or no, short stories, essays, whatever, um, and it, it just puts into black and white the issues with capitalism and overproduction and inequality of wealth and the need to redistribute our resources and I, it just is so idiotic to me that people don't see it like why are you on twitter complaining that the government 
doesn't want you to get the COVID payment. Obviously they don't. Do you not understand how the system works? Like, I don't know. We've never not had a Fine Gael or Fianna Fáil government. Um, and I did see, I saw a tweet that said, you know, how ironic is it that Irish people would judge British people for voting Conservative or being a Tory. Like, at least the Brits have an actual Labour Party. And I know we do have parties like People Before Profit and Social Democrats and Sinn Féin and even Labour at one point, but they just aren't... I don't know, I, I guess Sinn Féin... And there are a lot of issues around Sinn Féin, obviously. I would... If I had to support a political party, it would probably be Sinn Féin because I see them as the lesser of two evils. Like, at least they're... I would never vote for Fianna Gael or Fianna Fáil because I respect myself too much and I respect my own society too much. Um, And I just think they've had a hundred years and they... Like, are we any better off? In some ways, yes, but I think that's probably more down to people power um uh, yeah I just find it odd that so many people keep supporting this system um and I feel like I'm back in school because I think for the last few years obviously if you've listened to the last few podcasts I've been kind of checked out I've been on survival mode as I've said I've just been trying to get through the day for the last like two years (laughs) I've had a rough time but I'm feeling good again and I feel the value of life and it's so it's so tiring because I'm back to caring and when you care so much about all of the issues it's so disheartening because like how am I ever gonna even make a dent in this horrible world but for me that's the biggest goal um I don't want fame I don't want money I want to be happy and one of the ways that I will do that is making a positive impact I don't know how I'll do it but you know, sometimes keeping your goals in mind is all you have to do, really, in the moment. Um, yeah, and also this article that the what was it the the clinical psychologists of Ireland, I don't know, or psychiatrists, whoever it was, um, came out with this study that cannabis use is the like most dangerous impact on or has the most dangerous impact on young people's mental health it's insane like what it's just not true and if you read the articles they really aren't based now I haven't read the report I probably should do that but I couldn't see it being based on much fact just said it can be linked to mental health issues like the vast majority of people have mental health issues anyway I don't even, and correlation and causation are not the same thing, but I just, I just don't get it. Alcohol is, in my experience, so much worse for your mental health. And that is legal and regulated. 
And also, reports like that, like, stigmatising cannabis use, aren't gonna stop it. If you want healthier people, mentally and physically, you have to regulate what you think is the issue. You know, you're letting people buy it on the black market and complaining about the potency and everything. Do something about it instead of, like, fear-mongering. You literal psychopaths. Such an issue with psychiatrists, anyway. And I think they're very... I don't know. I just hate them. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I just think the next time you want to complain about something, don't complain and just lie down. Because... That isn't going to get you very far. Actually think about actively doing something to change it. Um, And that can be as simple as educating yourself on the other possibilities. Like, anarchism and will it work? Could it work? I don't know. On a large scale, it'd be hard. Um, and I think that's why capitalism actually is so successful because consumerism mass consumerism makes everyone so placid and we well I know it anyway like it's a different shopping online shopping in person spending money and getting things it's so easy to get addicted to materialism it's so easy and there's this theory that our sexual frustrations turn into aggression which is where war comes from if we're sexually frustrated but it can also be channeled through consumerism and i think yeah capitalism probably is the easiest state for us to be in at the moment the easiest system that doesn't make it right not at all and People complain about communism and how it's played out. I would argue that it's the totalitarian side of the communism that we've seen in Russia and China and North Korea. I I don't think it's the economic side per se. I think it's more the dictatorial leaders that come with it, which is unfortunate. But there are just as bad si- okay not just as I know Stalin killed like 10 million people more than Hitler I am not a supporter of Stalin but not because he's a communist because he is a dictator a literal psychopath that just let people die in, in war and famine but um, if you're going to use that as an argument for capitalism your argument is invalid capitalism and maybe you're not aware of it or maybe you're not aware of the link because obviously we are being fed propaganda capitalist propaganda doesn't feel like propaganda because we're in it like if if the nazis had won we would be fed fascist propaganda and and it wouldn't feel like propaganda it would feel like reality but the reality of capitalism is insane It's so detrimental to so many lives. Like, 
it contributes to some of the biggest issues that we face. I would say most of the issues. Um, and I'm not trying to be a big commie. But I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, yeah, it's it, it's just weird when... And it's 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 hard as well. Because I'm saying all this, but what am I doing to change anything? Um, I guess I'm talking about it on, on here. Um, and I try to have conversations with people about it as much as I can. But at the same time, I don't think I'm educated enough and well-spoken enough to fight on behalf of my political beliefs because people are much smarter than me, much smarter. And they can also have different political views. Um, but I, I don't think it comes down to who can make the better argument. It's, it's, like, it's like in court, which is always so, I did work experience in the high court in TY and it blew my mind that it, the legal system is not about who is in innocent and who is guilty. It's about who can pay for the best legal defence that can find the loopholes or make the best argument, who can convince the jury, which again, who can pay for the better legal team, down to inequality of wealth, capitalism, um, it's I don't think we're aware just how how much injustice is in the world because we don't have to be we can turn on MTV or TLC and watch six hours straight of 90 Day Fiance that's a weird example I've never seen that but you know what I mean some stupid reality TV show and it's so fun it's so much more fun to do that to watch like 17 episodes of the US office in a row. I've definitely done that in my life. And I could have been spending that time out picketing, but you know, I didn't. Um, and I don't think that that's a bad thing. It's very complicated. And <laughs> I'm sure you can tell by this babbling that I don't even I can't even comprehend it yet. But, you know, I'm only 20. And I think it's a pretty good start where I'm at. I think if I keep going this way, and I keep it in mind that I want to see a bit of change, I think there has to... I have to contribute even a tiny morsel of something in my life. I'm sure it'll happen even incidentally. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But um, this week, if you want something to do, these little suggestions that I'm doing at the end of the episodes, um, I want you to pick someone you idolise or someone you admire. Um, it, they can be... They can influence your political beliefs or or not. But just don't pick someone like an influencer. 
you know, that you admire their style or you admire, I don't know, how many followers they have. Because that means nothing. Like, it genuinely means nothing. Pick someone that you admire the impact that their life left on the world. Pick someone that acknowledged how precious and insane it is that we were even born and and took that privilege and made the most of it and do a little research if you don't have someone like that find someone it's really important that you have people to look up to so you know that it is possible to change and it's important to cause change um yeah I won't make you do a project like you're in primary school. Do it if you want. Make a little PowerPoint. Doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Get on Wikipedia. Read a book. Listen to some music. Do whatever you want. Um, how about we listen to Changes by David Bowie? Okay. Enjoy and... I'm sure you'll hear me next week. <laughs> Still don't know what I was waiting for And my time was running wild I'm in dead streets And every time I thought I got it made It seemed the taste was not so sweet so I turn myself to face me I've never caught a glimpse Of how the others receive Baker I'm much too fast to take that test Ch-ch-ch-ch-change it Turn and face the strange change Oh,